so on the screen is one of our QC Celebrates pictures so far. This past week, y'all posted up just a little bit over 50 different QC Celebrates moments. So that means this, over this week, you had reasons to celebrate, and you invited us into that celebration with you. So thank you for that. Don't forget to do it this week. We're keeping track, and I did want to add one more sweetness to that. 51 weeks, QC Celebrates, hashtag QC Celebrates. If you'll do that, at the end of 51 weeks, we're going to take all those numbers together, and if your family posted up 51 weeks, we're going to give something amazing away at the end of the year a way of celebrating with you, and we're going to invite you to come up, and we're going to celebrate that with you. So please make sure that you're doing that with us. So I wanted to start the sermon time a little bit different, and so I brought with me some celebration. Some of y'all seen these before. Uh, they're party poppers, and I think you can get like 18 for 50 cents, right? Uh, but I wanted to do a kind of countdown with you, because I believe it's worth getting excited when we come to worship the Savior together. Okay, so we're just going to try a countdown. We're going to go three, two, one, and I want you to celebrate, and I'm going to pop the party popper. Y'all with me? Okay. We're, this is a practice run. You ready? I'm going to set the mic down. You ready? Three, two, one, celebrate. Okay, so, so two things about that. One, y'all's celebration was about as impressive at that point as the party popper itself. So I, I need some help. Let me see. Um, mm, Beverly. Come, come on up here, Beverly. So uh, I brought a different kind of party popper. Um, here in a minute, you'll hold that. And, yeah, not, not, not yet, not yet. So two things. One, I'm going to grab my phone. Um, let's see. I don't bring it with me because I know y'all will call in the middle of service. Be like, hey, Brother Kyle, you're doing a great job. Or stop it, we're hungry. Probably that. Um, so I'm going to actually video this. I do want to make a special note. This party popper makes a loud sound, kind of like a shot. So I wanted y'all to just know that if a loud sound makes you jump or... Not, not yet. Oh. Not, not, not just yet. Yeah. I'm going to put this to video because I think it's going to be... Why don't you come stand in the middle? Just fire it straight down the middle there. Or you can just aim it right at... Yeah. Yeah, I wouldn't aim as much as like maybe up. John Mickey. That'd be a bad... I think it would kind of knock him out. Okay, so... This time, I'm just saying the first time we celebrated together, we did the three, two, one, and y'all went, yay. Um, y'all had a party popper kind of moment, but I've brought in the big guns this time. So Beverly's going to do the countdown this go around, and I'm going to videotape it just to see your expression. Are y'all ready? Beverly? Let me. Yeah, okay. Okay, Beverly, I, I'm recording right now. So do the three, two, one. <laughs> you did good. Look at you. You got it everywhere. I can't believe that just happened. I don't even know if I got that on video. I, I was so busy looking around. I kind of had that. That. Let's see if that. 
<laughs> I started laughing because, oh, there it went. Yep, okay. That, I was really worried that Beverly was going to, like, twist it and point it right at y'all. Um, thought that was about to be a really big problem. Yeah, yeah. So, first off, a big apology to those of y'all that helped us in the clean-out. Uh, vacuuming all the pews and, and aisles. Uh, secondly, we believe a few things are going to happen this year different than ever before. We believe that in our services, the unexpected is going to happen. And that's not this. We believe that God's going to move in mighty ways. We, as staff, have chosen to give you our absolute best. We ask that when you come to worship, you're ready and prepared to hear from God with your absolute best, because I believe that God always gives us his absolute best. And I think it's just an engagement moment when when we show up with our very best, God is always available with his, and it collides in worship. That happens from the very start of service to the very end. We celebrate God. There's this little town in Chicago, Illinois. You know, it's small, right? And in that town, there's a, 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 a campus, Northwestern University. Some of y'all know what that is. You've been there maybe. You've heard of it. I don't know if any of y'all are Wildcat fans. Uh, but it, from 1979 to 1982, the Wildcats set a record of 34 straight losses. That meant from 79 to 82, they didn't win a game. In 1981, in fact, they were playing Michigan State. And at that game in 1981, they lost by so much that the fans rushed the field after it was over with, tore down the goalpost, and walked through the campus yelling, we're the worst. We're the worst. That all changed in 1982. In 1982, September 25th, they beat Northern Illinois 31-6. to It changed their history. Because see, at that point, no students wanted to be at Northwestern. It was hard to recruit when you've lost the last four years. They, they just weren't winning anything anymore. They, they started to feel like they couldn't do it anymore. Dennis Green, a, a coach that many of us are familiar with, who's made his way through the NFL ranks, was their coach. And he said that morning he woke up and something was different. He could feel it. He could feel the wind that was going to happen. You know, I've often thought, what does it look like when we show up at church and we expect that God moves? I'm not talking about like, oh, there's a song I really liked, or the sermon was only 15 minutes. That's a God movement. But uh, I, I'm just saying, when's the last time you came to church expecting that God would move in your heart? Or do we just show up to church and say, well, I hope something good happens. I hope so-and-so does something. I hope somebody finally you know, commits to doing something instead of us. When's the last time we showed up to church and said, God, move me in a way that I can't ever go back, that I can't retract what's happened, that I can't just dismiss it away as a really good Sunday? When's the last time you showed up to church on Sunday and said, I feel like something's about to happen. I think God's about to do something. You see, that's the anticipation that I believe allows God to do amazing things in you. I believe that God always moves on Sunday. He just may not move you. 
You see, God is not a forceful God. He is a loving God. But let's put it in perspective today as we read the text together in Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews 10, verse 19. In Hebrews, we're, we're going through kind of some understandings of faith, how to live it out, how to go through the delicacy of turning our lives from carnal to just and righteous before God. And in Hebrews chapter 10, starting in verse 19, it starts with something that's very uncommon. It says this, Therefore, brothers, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus. I just want to stop here and give you kind of a perspective, if you will, of what this means. This boldness had a source. It looked a lot like, if you will, going back to Ruth. As she boldly enters the king's presence. We all know this, and and it's in your notes. Entrance to a king is life-threatening. Entrance to a king is life-threatening. If a king has not called you to come into his presence, it would cost you your life. It wasn't like you just had untapped resources before a king. You didn't have an audience unless he said so. So when we see kings like David, like Solomon, we have to know that they had the ability to say, I don't want to see anybody today. And they could do whatever they wanted. God is king of all, correct? And so being king, we need to know the next thing is this. Entrance to the closeness with God is also life-threatening. Entrance to closeness with God is life-threatening. How do we know that? He tells us in Scripture that when we come to know Him, the old man is gone and a new one has come. There has to be a death in the presence of God. So here's what God does. God, I believe, required two deaths for closeness to Him. One, the death of His Son, Jesus Christ. The second, the death of you. You have to put away the old things, the old man, the old woman. Don't put away your old woman unless you are a woman, because that's, that's a sin. Um, but we, we are called to die daily. We are called to put away the old self so that God can give us the new self. Why do we struggle with sin? Because we keep going back to the old person. We have a dog at our house named Hank. Hank is a great dog. He uh, digs too much, and his hair sheds everywhere, and he's a big guy. And so everywhere he goes, he leaves little remembrances of Hank, everywhere. And on Sundays that I wear dark pants, I bring Hank with me to work. But Hank is a great dog, and I, I love the man. But Hank is prone to go back to where he's thrown up, just as Scripture says. You may go, that's disgusting, Kyle. Why would you ever talk about that in, in a sermon? Because that's us too. We return back to the old person way too much. And God is calling us to newness in him. In fact, what's crazy about Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19, is it says, Therefore, brothers, since we have boldness to enter the sanctuary through the blood of Jesus, you and I are given boldness. We are given boldness because of the blood of Jesus to have a presence with a God who is above all kings. It makes us amazing people. It allows us to be people who, when we're, we're in times of trial or when we're in times of just daily life, we can go before a God who loves us desperately. We have boldness to enter in before him. And verse 20 says this, 
by a new and living way, he has opened for us the curtain. That is his flesh. Remember back in Scripture, Jesus is on the cross, and he says it is finished. Remember this? And it says he dies. What happens in the temple? The veil is torn, right? The veil, the curtain is torn. And that curtain, now Jesus says, is my flesh torn for you so that through me you can enter the presence of God boldly. That means this, when you pray, and we're in, locked into the 30 days of, of intense prayer and three days of fasting. As we're entering those days, as we're in the midst of those days, I'm asking you this question. When you pray, do you pray like this? Okay, uh, God, uh, it's Kyle again. Uh, well, um, uh, amen. Or do you say, God, I know because of Jesus I can come before you. There's boldness. It's the difference in this. At my house, there's a key to my door. If you try to come into my house without the key, you know what happens? You don't what? You don't get in. Right? Tell your neighbor, you don't get in. So you don't get into my house. You know why? You don't have a key. But every so often when April and I are out of town, we'll, we'll have Ryan or Haley or someone else stay at our house. You know what they get? A key. Why? Because we want them to have one. We give it to them. We don't say, okay, uh, uh, Brian, uh, you're going to be staying at our house. We need a deposit for the key. Um, if you'd go ahead and, our house costs this much. If you'd go ahead and bring us that money first, we'll then give you a key because then you have stock in our house. You know, the down deposit was paid by Jesus for your key to the boldness of God. He is the key. He is the way, the truth, and the life, is what Scripture tells us. And because of that, he gives it to you freely if you will just trust in him. That's the most amazing thing about God is we have reason and room to celebrate because God is so good to us that he willingly gives Jesus for us. That's not a very good trade. I don't know if you've ever gone to a car lot with your car and you said, here's my car, I'm trying to trade it in for something, something different. And the salesman goes, okay, uh, we got some 2016 and 17s. You go, no, 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 no. I don't think you get this. I've got a 2012 out here, and I would really like a 95 because I really don't want to upgrade. I just want to pay out per month a lot of money to get a really junky car. Like, if, what's the worst car you have on the lot? And the salesman would go, well, you can have mine, you know? But, but you say, I want the junkiest car. Which one doesn't run good? Which one's broken? Which one has the windshield cracked and bad tires? If you can take my good car and give me that car, that'd be great. That's the trade for us. We're broken. We're worn. We're lousy most days. And here's Jesus, who is great, who is holy, who is awesome, who is loving to us. And that Jesus, God trades him in his life for ours. So that is why when we come together to worship the Lord, we can celebrate him. Because God loved you so much, he gave Jesus for you. You know what's amazing about that is he doesn't leave you in your current state. You ever had a car that you had to start putting money back into? You, you have that day you walk out and you have that flat and you go, oh, put some air in it. You put some air in it, it goes back to flat. 
taken into the to a tire place and they say yeah all your tires are bad all of them it's going to cost you a million dollars isn't that what it feels like it's never like oh and today's special is you buy one tire you get all the other three free we'd be like i'll do that it's always like oh we'll give you a tire for free but it's going to cost you your left pinky right and you're like oh this is terrible when you're having to put money back in the car or you get the dreaded rock chip oh some of y'all have that right now Brian bought this brand new car, and, and we took it out of town to go do a camp. It was the first week you had it, huh? We're driving, and as we're driving, he takes a rock chip right in, like, it just cracks it. Just, and I mean, he was sick, but so was I. I yeah, have you ever been sick for someone else's windshield? You're like, oh, glad they didn't come through and kill us. Uh, I'm sorry, bro. That's terrible. But man, thank you, Lord, for those windshields. Um. That, that sickening feeling when you have to put money back into a vehicle that you're still paying on? It's the kind of, I would have to think, the love that God has for us that he keeps investing in us. Though we take chips. Though we run over nails. Though we don't know how to change our oil. Right? God keeps investing in us. And so it tells us that by a new and living way, he is open for us through the curtain that is his flesh. And since we have a great high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith. Our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed in pure water. It's just telling us this, that in the presence of a kingly God, we gain concrete faith. In the presence of a kingly God, we gain concrete faith. That means this. You cannot gain faith or even concrete faith on your own. You can't be smart enough. You can't study enough. Let me just tell you, you have to get before the king. When you get before the king, he gives you things from him. That's what happens. That's what happens when we get close to God. He starts to rub off on us. That's what he does. He just rubs off on us. Last night, Hank, we were sitting around the house, and Hank had to go outside. So we let Hank out, and he was out there for a while, and as, as a dog owner, I, he, I, I'm a different, I've told y'all before, April is a dog lover, I'm a dog owner. Dogs, to me, you, you pay for, and you buy a tremendous amount of things for, and when they get sick, you pay a lot for, and you're like, why didn't we buy a fish? Um, but April's a dog lover. Like April, it becomes a part of our family. She's, she's winning me to that. I'm getting there with Hank. Hank's my bro. Uh, but last night, Hank was outside, and I'm sitting there doing what a dog owner does. He's been out there awful long. It's rainy. It's cold. I'm thinking, something's not right, y'all. And all of a sudden, we hear Hank. He does the same thing every time. He rolls up to the door, and he scratches on our glass back door. And I look back, and this was on Saturday, but I thought it was Friday the 13th. Because Hank has been digging in the backyard. And on our back window are mud smears of Hank. And I went, oh my, look at what your dog did. <laughs> it's a true story. And so I'm looking there and I'm like, I'm not letting Hank in. Because if I let Hank in, I'm an accomplice. Because I know what's going to happen next, don't you? Hank is big. Hank weighs easily over 50 pounds. None of us are picking up a wet Hank. 
So how do you get Hank clean? You have to bring him in and bathe his paws. So you know what he has to do to get there is he has to walk through the house on our floors. And we have, you know, these, these wood floors, and as Hank's walking through, you can see every paw print. And Hank looks at me like, what's up? And I look at Hank like, dead man walking. You know what I'm saying? I'm watching him walk by. I'm like, it's been nice, bro. See you later. Abel takes him into the bathroom in the hall and starts bathing the paws. And I'm sitting there going, I wonder what he's going to look like when he comes out. Now, Hank, when he gets wet, Hank, I told you, Hank sheds. But when Hank gets wet, Hank does what every dog does. He shakes. And when Hank shakes, Hank sheds wet hair. Hank doesn't get dry. Hank's hair holds the water. He likes to experience it deep down inside. So you can dry Hank, but you don't get a dry Hank out of it. He shakes. He wants to come rub up against you. We don't have carpet out where Hank, you know, dwells. So Hank doesn't have a place to rub on our carpet. Praise the Lord. So Hank instead rubs against you. Like, oh, yeah, buddy. And I started to think about that. that. That's what happens when we get close to God is he rubs off on us. That's all, that's all that can happen. Here's what happens next. When you're around God, you're rub off God on everyone else. Because it takes on the aroma of God. That's what happens when we get around the Lord. So the question to you in the middle of the sermon, maybe something you can think about as we head towards invitation, when people bump into you, do they experience God? Or they experience at best the hanks of your life? Do they know more about your hobbies than they do about your God? The answer to that question is if you haven't been in his presence, there is no way you can brush God off on them. Nolan, for some time, has asked me to help him do a Pinewood Derby car. We're not in a Pinewood Derby anything. He just wanted to work on one, so I was like, done. So we found one. It's the Batmobile and brought it home and laid it all out. And I've had him glue all the stuff together, you know, doing the right dad thing. If you're going to do Pinewood Derby, you let the kids do the work, right? And you stand over and oh, you do that. So you had to sand stuff and he had to glue it together and he had to paint it. And right now it looks like the Batmobile. We don't have the wheels on yet. But I started to think about it. He pours out paint on a, on a paper plate because he's seen his mom do that when she paints and he comes to me and he goes, Dad, we've got a problem. I said, oh, what? He goes, come with me, sir. So we walk into the dining room where he has this plate, and he goes, I believe this paint color is too dark. I said, son, it's Batman. It can't be dark enough. He goes, but when I put the decals on, you won't be able to see them. So I said, I'll tell you what, I bet Mom has some white somewhere. We'll mix it together. We'll make the right color. So I poured on some white, and I started to mix it together. And all of a sudden, he goes, that's it? And I went, oh. He goes, that's the color. I said, okay, son. Set it down. And he began to dip that paintbrush and start to paint the car. And he goes, it's perfect. And I don't know if you've been around my son. My son is a perfectionist. It's like little detail things make him go crazy. So he's painting. He goes, we should have sanded that more. I said, let's sand it now. He goes, no, I've already painted it. I said, it's okay. Let's try again. With sand, he'd paint. 
Dad, I think it needs some more sanding. I had that moment in my, my heart where I thought, I'm just going to get out my sander. You know, like the zing, and just, but it, it's, it's pine wood. So if you've ever been around pine wood, if I'd have done that, it'd just gone, and it'd have been gone. But I told my son, Nolan, you got to put some elbow grease in it. It's only going to be as good as what you give to it right now. And so my son got in there, and he just sanded and painted, sanded and painted. And right now on our dining room table is this semi-completed Batmobile. And he goes, Dad, tomorrow on Sunday, we get done with all your meetings and all that kind of stuff. Can we put the wheels on? I said, yeah. And I saw my son do something I've never seen him do before. He was like, yes. He walked away. And I thought for a second, I know we're detailed people. We've got so many details in our life happening. How you, where you work, your relationships, what you drive, where you live. All those details are all out there. But are we so consumed with the details that we forget what we're really after? I want you to do something for me. This week, and, and we've talked a lot about journaling and praying, I want to ask you to journal something this week. Where is God taking me? What are some dreams that God's weaving into your heart that you're just not pursuing anymore because you got lost in the details? I heard someone say the other day, uh, they came by and they said, Brother Kyle, I'm too old to dream anymore. I, I've, I've just gotten to a place where, you know, I can't move around very much. I can't travel. You know, I can't stay out late. So I, I think that God's kind of done with me. And I wish I could tell you I, I did the little, you know, loving, you know, Mr. Rogers moment. Well, you're okay. God loves you. I went, how dare you? How dare you ever say that God's done? God isn't done with anybody. If he was, you'd be home by now. So until that day, you better start dreaming again. You better teach those knees how to bend again. You better get that back working again. Because God's not done with you yet. He needs people that celebrate him in every walk of life from everywhere. And you're the only person that can do that that looks exactly like you. You're unique. God built you unique in your mother's womb to give all you have for his purpose until you meet him face to face. And until that day, get after it. Get after it. Our God teaches us in this passage that he does not waver. Our God does not waver. It also tells us later in the scripture that love and good works are evidence of God-centered lives. Love and good works are evidence of God-centered lives. And the last is this, and I, I want to read the passage down to it. Verse 23. Let us hold on to the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who has promised is faithful. And let us be concerned about one another in order to promote love and good works. See the love and good works? Not straying away from our worship meetings as some have habitually done, but encouraging one another, and all the more as you see the day drawing near. And this is what this means. A celebrating church is an encouraging church. That means this. Today, I'm asking you to change your worship. I'm asking you to do something drastically different. I believe this with all my heart, that there's many of you that walked in today and Maybe half the worship songs you didn't know. And you probably stood there and went, I don't know it, so I'm not singing it. And you crossed your arms. 
But I want you to do me a favor. Take just a second and look around the room. Go ahead. You're free to. You don't have to keep looking. Look around the room. There is someone in this room today that needed to see you worship. They're looking for you to worship. They're looking for you to give everything you have when you walk in this room to engage with God. Did you do it? Did you do it today? Did you give all you had to worship the one true God? Did you give everything you had? Because if today you didn't give everything you had to that purpose, if you came in today and you said, I gave half effort, I believe this with all my heart, you missed worshiping the one true God today. You didn't celebrate him at all. So I'm asking you to do me a favor. Next Sunday. Next Sunday you'll walk in this room, we'll worship, we'll preach. I'm asking you to come ready next Sunday. I'll give you a promise, there will be no cannons. There will not be any confetti thrown at you or in your purse later today. I guarantee you'll find it. But I guarantee you this, when we come ready to engage God, He'll engage you. It'll change you. And I believe this, if you'll come and give 100% of what you have to worship God, someone across the aisle from you will see it. And they'll give their best to you. I just want you to do me a favor. Bow your head and close your eyes where you are this Sunday. As we enter this year of celebration, I, I believe with all my heart that it's hard to celebrate a God who we don't give our everything to. And I just want to start by talking about your everything. Have you given God your everything? Your life, your future, your heart. Today, would you give God your everything? So I'm asking you today, we're going to have a time of invitation. We have this every Sunday and we'll never get away from doing it because we believe in this next few moments. It's such a moment to devote yourself to a pause. Maybe it's time just to pray for the first time all week. Maybe this morning is a time that you would come find one of us guys and talk about the next steps in your spiritual walk. You don't know what to do next and you just like someone to explain it. No matter what we do in these next few minutes, I'm going to ask you to do something drastically different than we ever really do on a Sunday. And I'm going to ask you to do this. I'm not going to ask you to stand this morning. I'm just going to ask you to remain right where you are. Unless you're coming to kneel at the altar in prayer, come find one of us guys. The rest of you I'm asking you in this moment is our worship team sings right where you are in that that kind of moment of prayer that you would sing along and pray and ask God to start moving in your life, that you would come with everything you have before Him. You'd become a celebration kind of person that would give God their everything, all in, no holding back. This morning, the Savior is waiting. He is waiting to engage you in a powerful and an amazing way today. Will you come and engage with Him in your worship, and in your prayer. Now is the time to say, God, I may not have come in today with 100% ready to engage you, but right now I declare I'm ready. So let's worship the Lord. Let's celebrate the Lord together right where you are. Let me pray over you, and then let's begin to celebrate God together. Father, lead us, guide us. We want to be people who celebrate you this morning. 
name of Jesus we pray. Amen.